Today we are continuing our series called How to Make a Difference. This is something we can all relate to because everyone wants to make a difference in this world. We all have the opportunity to make our life count. Our model for this series is the early church. As we have been studying the book of Acts for the last few weeks, the Christians of the first century had a tremendous impact on their world. Even though they were very small and uh, they had no money, uh, even their local government was against them, they were constantly attacking them, yet they made a huge difference uh, in the world. One of the things we observe about the early church is their attitude to giving. In Acts chapter 20, 35, the Apostle Paul actually quoted Jesus when he said, um, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And you heard that many times. It's more blessed to give than to give. This was the attitude in the early church from the very beginning. For example, in Acts chapter 2, uh, we see the church is sharing all things in common. In Acts chapter 4, we see Christians selling their possessions and giving to those who are in need. In Acts chapter 6, we see the church distributing food to widows and orphans. Giving was part of their daily living. Giving should be part of our daily living too, if you want to make a difference. Martin Luther once said, for a person to be a genuine Christian, there are three conversions necessary. The conversion of his heart, the conversion of his mind, and he said the conversion of his wallet. Now, I think for most of us, the conversion of our wallet is the most difficult one. Would you agree with that? We're happy to give our heart, we're happy to give our mind to God, but don't touch my wallet. And, uh, and yet, you know, there are so many verses in the Bible about giving. Um, I remember a story somebody told me many years ago about how people give. And so three guys were discussing about how they give money to God. So one guy said, when I get my salary every fortnight, I actually stand and I draw a line and I stand this side and I throw all my money up there. And whatever falls on this side, it belongs to me. Whatever falls on the other side of the line, that belongs to God. Yeah, so the second guy said, I do actually a very similar thing. I actually make a circle and I stand in the middle of the circle and I throw my money up and say, whatever is fall into the circle is me, whatever falls on the other side is belongs to God. And so the third guy said, no, I do a much smarter way. What I do when I get my salary, I throw all my money up and say, whatever stays there belongs to God. Whatever comes down is belongs to me. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope that's not the way that you give it to God. <laughs> we need to give it to God generously from our heart. And so that's what this message is all about. So if you would ask me to give you one word that describes Christianity, I would say that word is giving. Giving. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world, what did you do? He gave. He gave his only son. Our God is so generous. It is his nature to give. And as his children, he wants us to be generous also. He wants us to give. So today we want to focus on three ways. Three ways we can become better 
at giving by looking at the example of the early church. Number one, we must first, we must emotionally let go of our attachment to possessions. We must emotionally let go of our attachment to possessions. Now this is what we read about the early church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 32, he says, all the believers were united in heart and mind. I love that, that phrase. They were all united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. Look at what it says. They felt that what they owned was not their own. In other words, they were not attached to their possessions. You see, before we can begin to give, we got to let go of our attachment to possessions. I'll tell you a story. Do you remember the story of a rich young ruler who came to Jesus one day? And he asked Jesus this question, what must I do to inherit the eternal life? It's a very good question, isn't it? Especially asking to Jesus. And Jesus said, of course, you know all the commandments, isn't it? And uh, so this, this guy, this rich man, was very proud to tell Jesus that not only he knew all the commandments, but he said, but he said, I also kept them all, kept them all since I was a young boy. Very impressive, isn't it? He said he knew all the commandments, and he also, you know, uh, kept all the commandments. So Jesus looked at him and said, but there's one thing lacking in your life. There's one thing is missing in your life. He said, you must go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor. Give to the poor. Now the Bible says when we heard that, he became so excited. Is that what he says? No, no. No, he became what? Anybody knows the story? He became very, very sad. Very sad. You know why? Because he had too many possessions. And he knew that is something that he couldn't do it. Because he was so attached to his possessions that made him so sad, even thinking the fact that he had to sell it and give it to somebody else. You see, there is nothing wrong with having possessions, my friend. We all have. But it is our attachment to possession that can cause problems. You know, Savi and I have been going through a bit of uh, recluttering our house just recently because we've just been married for 40 years. We collected so much junk in our life. And our house is full of stuff. And so we've been going through all those things. And, you know, I have this attachment, this obsession with books. And I have books everywhere. And Savi said to me many times, why don't you take these books and give it to Matt? Uh, <laughs> I got that much books. So, and, you know, I, I really, really don't. Every time I look at it, I feel it, I see the title. Even though I read those books, some of them I read maybe two times, I just can't let go of those books. And I'm holding on to that for so many years. So I have to actually make a decision to let go of those things. And Savi had to make the decision about to let go of all her shoes she collects. <laughs> so, so we have to, all of us, we have things that we, we kind of attach to it. So if you've got lots of books in your house, my friends, go home and throw it away except my book. Keep it. All right. And the Bible. All right. So, so that's our problem. It's that we get so attached to stuff and we collect stuff, so much stuff. 
in our house. Now, the Bible says, the love of money, look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the love of money causes all kinds of evil. Some people have left the faith because they wanted to get more money, but they have caused themselves with much, much sorrow. And that we all know that stories that we hear all the time on the news about people who have become so greedy with money and they go and do all kinds of business and all kinds of wrong things and they end up in jail or they, you know, they, 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 they take their life. It's very sad because in our society we have that obsession with money. We have a love for money. Now money itself is not evil. The Bible never says money is evil. It says the root, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, we all need money, but the love of money, the attachment to money, is the root of all evil. It's no coincidence that the word misery, can you show the word? Misery, there, look at the word misery, and if you look at the first word, what is that? Miser. Unbelievable, isn't it? So that's what he's saying. The, the, that word begins with the word miser. And misers hang on to things forever, and they end up being miserable. Hello? Yeah. So every time when you use that word misery, look at the first word. Miser. Are you a miser? Hello? Are you attached to things? Our lives will never make a difference if we don't learn to let go of our attachment to things. Now the second way we become better givers is that invest our resources in building people for eternity. Invest our resources in building people for eternity. Look at the example of the early church in verse 34. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give it to those in need. Now, the early church made a difference because those Christians believed it is better to change lives and build people rather than building their own portfolio. And that's what happened to most of us. We are... We are Working hard to build our portfolio, isn't it? That's what we are trying to do. But the early church decided it is better to change lives than build their portfolio. As a result, they sold some of their possessions and gave the money to the apostles. Now, let me make a couple of very important observations here because this is very important when you read a passage like that. First, this giving was completely voluntary. The apostles did not force people to do it. Okay? Nowhere in the Bible says the apostles forced people to, to sell their properties and give. So that's the first observation. Number two is that these people were selling extra possessions, not basic possessions. Okay? They were selling extra possessions, not basic possessions. In other words, they were not forcing themselves into poverty. They were just simplifying their lives. Okay? So this is something we can all do. We can all simplify our lives. This doesn't mean that we can't own things. We all own things. But it does mean that our priority is actually changing lives, not accumulating possessions in our lives. So whatever we build here on earth will someday crumble and fall. Okay? Even this building is going to crumble one day. It's going to fall. I think it's already started. We have lots of leak now. Yeah? It's already started. I don't know how long more it will last, but we are not actually relying upon this building. Our primary goal in this church, as you know, the motto of our church is what? Building people for eternity. Not building building for eternity, 
but building people for eternity because that's the one thing that's going to last. We need buildings to accommodate people. We need buildings to do lots of things. Yeah, we might knock it down and build another building. Who knows? Or we might buy the local Bunnings, maybe. Bunnings Baptist Church, which sounds good. But, <laughs> but we are doing that not because we want to build. We are doing that because we want to reach out to more and more people in our community to reach out with the gospel. That's why we say our motto is building people for eternity. We believe that people are more valuable than things or building or anything else. Okay, the third way we become better giving givers is we must make giving a priority of our life. We must make giving a priority for our lives. The truth is we are more likely to look for reasons not to give than we look for opportunity to give. Isn't it? Think about that. Whenever you, you get your wages or whatever it is, you are thinking, how can I have more of this? How can I make more of this? I'm thinking, well, God has blessed me so much. Let me give this away. Let me give it to the church that needs the money. But we are always looking for the opportunity not to give than actually to give. Besides, we get requests from so many charitable organizations asking for our money. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get so many letters uh, on, on my inbox, you know, asking people to give money for this and money for that. And whenever I walk into the shopping center, at least I'll have three, four different people will be stopping me and saying, oh, would you like to give some money? Okay, so un unless you have all the money and time in the world, you must be selective with where you give your money and time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, so obviously, let me say this very clearly, when it comes to money and time, one of the best places to give is right here in the church. This is what the early church did. Look at this verse, 34 again. Those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to where? To the apostles to give to those in need. They brought their money to the church, to the apostles, and it was from the church, it was distributed to the poor and the needy. The local church is the best place where you bring your offerings and your tithes, my friends. That's the best place. Our church supports many missions, locally as well as globally. We also help so many needy people in our local community. Almost every day we have people, you know, coming here and asking for money, you know, Matt and I to sometimes sit down and say, do we need to give money to this person or is it genuine or is that somebody, you know, trying to rip us off, you know. That's a constant thing because it's a church and people come. And, you know, we have to, to make that decision to help people. And there are genuinely people in our community who are going through struggles. And we need sometimes to help those people. And sometimes we don't have the resource to, to give those people. Um, see, the church is your family, my friends. Remember that. This is where you get, get fed from God's Word. This is where you get support and pastoral care when you go through difficulties and problems. So this is where it has to come. You know, I remember some time ago, somebody get up, got up here and said, look, it's like if I go to a restaurant and then I eat my food there and then I don't pay the money there, but I go to the next restaurant and pay the money there. Doesn't make sense, doesn't it? You know, you, you pay the money where you actually get fed 
and whether you get fellowship and support and encouragement. This is your family. When you look at church as a family, you know, it's much, much easier for you to give it to God's, God's work. But if you look at this as oh, some organization, somebody out there, and you don't feel part of that one, you will never feel comfortable about giving. Church is God's family. It's your family. We are brothers and sisters in one family. And so we all need to give. Every Sunday when I make a decision to give to God's work, because I'm part of this, this church, and I have to say, you know, this is God has given me and I'm giving back what God has already given to me. We all have to do that before God. Um, let me show you this verse from Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, this is what it says. Is that there on the screen? All right, here. Bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so there will be food in my house. Then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessings. See, God is saying, bring your tithes and bring your offerings into the God's house. Into God's house. So there will be enough food in my house. There will be enough money and resources in my house. Unfortunately, you know, many times the churches suffer because people are not willing to bring their offerings and their tithes into God's house. They take it somewhere else and give it to somebody else. And God's house always suffers. And that is a sad thing. It says, there should be enough money and resources in my house, God says, so that we can distribute to missions, distribute to people who are in need. We all have a responsibility to give to God's church so that church can continue to do its ministry and help and support the needy. Being a Christian means being a giver. But it's not just money we must give. We must give our time. We must give our talent. We must give our resources. We must give ourselves. We must give ourselves. And I'm very thankful honestly, to all the people in our church who are so generous, not only with your finance, but with your time, with your talent, the amount of time some of people spend here, you know, I really, really appreciate. They don't do that for, for money. They do it because they love the Lord. They want to serve the Lord. You know, and that's what, you know, I sometimes come in the morning and I see people going around picking all the rubbish from, from, the, um, from the yard and things like that because they see that their house you know, some people don't even bother. But some people say, this is my house. I want to keep this house. Don't you want your house to be? I mean, you, you have all the nice things in your house. You know, you, you spend lots of money in your house to beautify your house. But how can we neglect? That's I can never understand. How can we neglect the God's house? How can we just winch about it when we need to do something for the church? You know, how do we, why, why we do that? I have no idea. You know, it's God's house, my friend. It's your house. And we need to care for our house. We give because our Lord Jesus Christ first gave to us. While he was here, he gave so much of himself to his followers. He spent time with them. He taught them. He healed them. He fed them. He met their financial needs. He poured his life into them. But that's not all. The most important part of this story is that Jesus did not give of himself, he gave himself. 
he gave himself. He died on the cross for our sins to give us new life. He paid the price to set us free from the bondage and the power of sin. And you know, I love this verse in the Bible says, he became poor in order to make us rich. He became poor in order to make you rich. He gave himself for us. And he said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, this is what he said. Freely you have received. Freely give. It's everything that you have belongs to God, my friends. By giving his life, Christ made a difference in our lives that will last for eternity. By giving ourselves to him and to others, we too can make a difference that will last forever. Remember, everything you have in life is a gift from God. Think about that. You have nothing of your own, my friends. Every blessing, every success, every wealth, every possession, every income, everything you have, they all come from God. You can lose all that just like that tomorrow if you want, you know. It can all be taken away. And I've seen this happening for so many people. They're holding on to these things, and one day something happened in their life, it's all gone. But isn't it better that we use the resources that God has given us for, for his kingdom, for the expansion of his kingdom, for building people for eternity, rather than just holding on to ourselves, and then ultimately we have to lose everything. You know, I, I always say this example. I have never seen a hearse pulling behind the thing, I mean, a, a, a trailer behind the hearse. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen? You know, uh, somebody died, and it's on the hearse going, and behind that is a trailer taking all the possessions. Have you seen that? No. You are never going to take a single thing from you, mate, to, to anywhere, wherever you're going. <laughs> you're not going to take. Nothing you will take. You have to leave everything behind. Everything left behind. When a rich man died, everybody came and they were just saying, you know, can you tell me how much he's left? How much he's left? And somebody said, he left everything. Hello? He left everything. He didn't take anything. When you die, it'll be the same thing. I've done so many funerals and I've never seen anybody taking anything with them. It'll be all left behind for your kids to fight over. That's what happened. It's better to spend that money, my friends, now, you know, for God's kingdom, building somebody, than let your kids fight over that. Isn't it? Yeah. So, we have an amazing God. It's a generous God. So we are only giving what was already given to us. When you give your tithes and your offering. You know, you are only giving, let me say this, you are only giving what was already given to you. You're not giving anything of your own. God is the one giving you health and wealth, everything that you have. And so we're giving to God what was already given to us. So remember that. It is my prayer that all of us here learn the joy of giving. You know, there's, there's a joyful giving, isn't it? When, you, when the offering bags comes, you know, we, we are excited. 
You know, cheerful giving. You know, the Bible says God loves the cheerful giver. You know? I'd never seen when the offering is passed, people are so excited. You know? Just taking the money and put it. Most people see whether I can just kind of, you know, go to the toilet during that time or something like that. But, but it's had to be excited to give because it is what God has given me, I'm just giving away. So my prayer is as a church, we will be a generous church. That will be a giving church. We will honor God's word in every aspect of life. You know, there are more verses in the Bible about giving than any other topics in the Bible. Can you believe that? So that's important to God. Otherwise, why more verses in the Bible? And I actually preach one sermon a year about giving. I should be preaching every Sunday. But I give because some people get offended by that. There's more verses in the Bible about giving than any other topics in the Bible. So God has a plan and purpose. You know, you know where's our wallet? Where we put our money? That's important. So let's really... You know, think about it and pray about it as you go away from this place. See, what can I do to make a difference? Let us pray.